but I really want to be a go before, if you will. I, I want to lay foundation to set you up for what I believe God wants to do in, through, and for you this week. I believe that this is a great time, a breakthrough, uh, expansion, and favor for the people of God. Amen? And so I want to take you now to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. I really want to position us and posture us for what God wants to do and more what God is doing. Amen. How many of y'all know God, God has already done it? <laughs> he, he's already moved, y'all. You know, the, the land of Ghana is a place where most people dwell, and quite frankly, that really does short-circuit your ability to really receive what has already happened. Amen. You know, uh, there are very few things that God is going to do. I can give you one so you can put context on it. Jesus is going to come back. Amen. He hasn't come back yet. There is a rapture, so that's going to happen. There is a second coming of the Lord. He's going to set up shop. Those are two different things in Jerusalem. Reign for a thousand years, millennial reign. There, there, there will be other things that are going to happen. But those things pertaining to your life right now, where you are, your victory, your healing, hallelujah, your breakthrough, your promotion, it has already occurred. Jesus fought that battle, amen, over 2,000 years ago, amen, and it's already done. So if Jesus already did what he was going to do, God already did what he was going to do, the question becomes, how do we receive what he's already done? How, how do we do that? And, uh, you know, most of you have been on the prayer calls recently, and thank you for that. We have record numbers on those prayer calls on Wednesday. If you don't have the number, make sure you get it from hospitality before you go today. But um, we've been doing a talk called How to Not Miss God. I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but understanding that when you are in position like you are now, uh, getting ready to launch out into your faith conference. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Well, you can right hear all this rich word. What God put on me to do today is to be the John the Baptist ministry, to set you up for what's getting ready to occur so that when it does occur, you won't miss it. Does that make sense? Jesus could not do many miracles in his own hometown. That was not because Jesus wasn't capable of doing miracles. But it had everything to do with the posture. Everybody say posture. The posture of the people in that city. Amen. It had everything to do with where they were. Healing always comes. Money comes. Resources come. Favor comes. But we have got to break down and do a good in-depth look intricately, innately, at where our heart is or today's subject, our capacity to receive. So today I want to talk from the thought, expanding your capacity to receive. Amen. Expanding your capacity to receive. You know, God, God has no problem with you making uh, six, seven figures. Did you know that? The Bible says he owns the cattle. On how many hills? 
thousand hills, y'all. And by the way, that scripture is both literal and figurative. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills actually does mean he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. But then figuratively speaking, he's trying to show you how expansive his resources are, how big his ability is. Well, if God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, amen, do you think he has an issue substantiating your salary to a certain degree? Do you think God has an issue making you debt free? Amen. Does God have a deficit in his ability getting your body healed? Healing always comes. All those things occur. Amen. But it has more to do with our posture. And this is going to bless you like it blessed me. Let's look at it in 2 Kings chapter 4. Classic story. You've read it a thousand times, but don't read it like you already know it because the word of God is pregnant. <laughs> with revelation. Look at it. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons and his slaves. If you know anything about the culture in this time, it was huge for a man to not be in the home, for a husband to be dead, to no longer be there. This was a significant loss for this family because this husband would have been the point person for their favor, their provision, and their blessings. Don't have a lot of time to get into that background, but just understand that this lady is in crisis. And how many of you know God's got enough for your crisis? Amen. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? That is what God is saying to many of you today. What shall I do for you? What do you need? Amen. What do you need? You ready for the expansion of that? What do you want? Is that all right, Dave? What do you want? What would you like to see happen is one way that you could phrase this question. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Never discount the one thing you do have. I don't have a degree. I don't have an extensive background, but I, 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 I got a jar of oil. I don't have the right family pedigree. I don't have the right this, the right that, but I tell you, I don't have anything, but I have a jar of oil. Well, you can look at her disposition and understand that she looked at what she had as something insignificant. But you got to understand that little really does become much when you place it, hallelujah, in God's hands. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. So you didn't have to have much. The, pre, the precursor to her statement could have simply been, I got a jar of oil. Because she knew the man of God was going to do something with it if he was asking questions. If God ever starts asking you questions, it's because he wants to move. He wants to do something. He's interested in changing your situation. So just answer the question without any fear or reservation because God is still able to expand what you have. Somebody shout hallelujah. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. Everybody say open invitation. Very important. Go borrow vessels. Find as many as you can. This is the equivalent of the area grocery store. Here is Teeter. Uh, Lowe's, wherever you like to go, Publix, telling you, go, go and get as much of the produce, canned goods, 
anything that you should desire. You have an open slate, an open invitation to go and get whatever you want. And how many of y'all know that is not the time to go and pick up the hot dogs with turkey, chicken, and pork? You told me to go get what I want, right? That, that just is the wrong time to get the frozen nuggets. Are y'all in here? Everybody say open invitation. That's exactly what happens in this. Now, I'm not preaching this to make you selfish or make you what I call Christians with cavities. You know, those folk that all they eat is sweets and they have no balance and sugar, sugar, sugar. But the, the bottom line is understand that uh, God is an all-sufficient God. And when the Bible says the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not need. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. The Bible said the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. The Bible went on to say that my cup is half full. No, he said, my cup, well, y'all, if the Bible says that, will someone please help me with what happened to our belief system that got dumbed down to a situation of God being a God of just enough, the barely getting by God, the God that gets more glory when you have a bunch of tubes coming out of your nose than he gets when you're able to run a marathon. Where we get that Christianity from? Amen. That's not God's will. That's not God's plan. God, amen, is an all-sufficient God. He, he says, I believe, over in Isaiah 55, he said, man, come and buy with no money. Amen. You don't even have to have any resources when you're dealing with me. I'm not the God of your resources anyway. Amen. So he says, go and borrow from everywhere. All your neighbors. How many of y'all know I would have been knocking on everybody's door? Amen. Amen. And don't, he gives you a hint, don't borrow a few. Don't limit me. Don't dumb me down to just this. You know, any way you bless me, Lord, is, is actually an accurate statement as long as your mindset is that God can bless you exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. But if you are saying any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied because you are stuck on just eating uh, the, 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 what, the leftovers, the side of the, of, of the grits instead of the real grits. How many of y'all know you're missing God? Amen. He says, don't just gather a few, get a bunch. In other words, position your heart, expand your expectation to what I can do. Amen. Verse number four, please. And then we're going to go into this thing. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Amen. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. She poured it out. Now it came to pass. Now let's stop with those five words for a second. That is just a fancy way of saying it really happened. Good God Almighty. No, it really happened. Now it came to pass that you got the job. Now, now it came to pass that you got healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now it came to pass that your son that was on 
cocaine and crack. Amen. The Lord sent laborers and, and per your prayer, you thrust out laborers out in the vineyard and, and somebody came across his path that won him to Jesus. It came to pass that he's finally sitting next to you in church. How many of y'all know everybody's problem is not a new job? By the way, quick asterisk, you can have a new job but, uh, and, and lots of money, amen, but uh, if what you go home to is collapsing, amen, and coming unraveled, how many of y'all know money ain't everything? You ought to pursue the God of total peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's why I've been preaching for eight years now, comprehensive Christianity. Amen. Nothing like everything in its place. Amen. And when something gets out of its place, you by the name of Jesus, put it back where it's supposed to be. Because you do know that that's Satan's only job. That's what he will be doing uh, for the rest of his existence until he's thrown into the lake. He came to kill, steal and destroy. And if you read that text, it's in that order. He wants to steal from you first. Then he wants to kill it. Then he wants to obliterate it, destroy it. Well, same word, destroy the anointing. You ought to use the anointing that destroys the yoke and come back and corrode all of his efforts. Not in my house. Come on, somebody. Yo, that's what Joshua said when he said, ask for me and my house. We going to serve the Lord. In so many other words, I don't know what's happening to everybody else. Everybody else can lose. That's what they choose to do. But I'm going to take God at his word and ask for me and my house. We going to win. We're going to have the last laugh. Come on, somebody. So it's going to come to pass. Make your faith proclamation. Somebody say, it's coming to pass. Amen. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, now her expectation has gotten there. But how many of y'all know you got to do some things by faith in the beginning? You can't wait until God starts moving. Okay, okay, now I really, really believe you. No, 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 no. Before you see any symptoms of that oil being poured out in all those vessels, supernaturally, you got to take God at his word right here. God, I trust you right now that if you told me go borrow all the vessels out in the land, I tell you what, when I get done, there won't be any vessels left. I'm going to get your best. Is anybody in here? I'm going to get all that you have to offer. So I'm not going to get expectation during. I have expectation right now that he that begun a work in me shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I'm going to act right now like I'm already healed. I'm going to act right now like I'm already wealthy. Come on. I'm going to act right now like I'm already married if you're a single sister desiring that. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he, she said to her son, go get me another vessel. This thing is working. <laughs> and he said to her, there is not another vessel. And that's when the oil stopped. When did the oil stop? When her capacity had hit its limit. The oil didn't stop until there was nothing else for the oil to go into. Is anybody in here? Y'all, I'm telling you, has she prayed and believe God and put, and I'm not mad at the woman. She's in heaven and she was blessed. And by the way, you read the end of the story, she sold it and she paid all her bills. So I think she did quite well. But I'm telling you, has she stretched oils from this, uh, or containers from this side of the church to that side of the church? God would have filled them all. 
You ready to come outside of the box? Has she put containers from this side of the campus to 12 acres that side of the campus? God would have filled them all. Y'all going to catch up in a minute. Has she put containers on Freedom Drive from this side of Freedom all the way up there to Moorhead? God would have filled them all. Reach your hand as high as you can get and say, Lord, bless me to the max. Hallelujah. I don't just want a job. I want the best job out there. I don't just want a healing. By the time I get through being healed, I want to be able to bench press 500 pounds. God, give me your absolute best. Hallelujah. Amen. Now unto him. Oh, we're going to have faith time today, baby. Who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ever ask above all I have ever fathomed. That's what was so powerful about increase night, Jeremiah 33 and 3. And I was talking to the Martins about it one instant. Then the word stretched to some of you all. But that whole call on me and I'll answer you, Jeremiah 33 and 3, and show you great mighty things you know not of. I got stuff up my sleeve you hadn't even, you hadn't even fathomed my ability. You know, I get accused of being a dreamer in a positive way. People compliment me and they you know, always say, Pastor, you said that was going to happen. And all these kinds of things, you said that was going to come to pass. And, 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 and usually when we say it, y'all, it's the most unfathomable thing. It's just out there. It's an outlier. You know, like I've been saying stuff like, and I better stop saying this unless I really want this to happen. But, you know, in the new church, I'm going to just come out of a tube. And, and preach, and then I and I start thinking, like Gabe, you realize you probably that's gonna happen. So if you don't want to come out of tube, you better stop saying that. Your words, y'all. Amen. You start releasing some stuff like angels. You and this is in the book of Ephesians. I don't have time to teach it today, but understand that they don't interpret emotions. I'll show it to you later. This is why the Bible tells you not to make jokes that you don't mean. They can't interpret it. They can't put it together. All they know is you release the word on something and they're your angel. I need to get busy. <laughs> I guess that's what they want to see happen. No, this ain't too deep. I need, I need to start moving. They, they believe in me for that. Okay. Amen. So what God wants to do is he wants you to expand your capacity to such a place going into this conference and don't wait to the conference. I told the prayer team, how about you be broke through by the time it comes? Get your breakthrough this morning. And by the time you get into the next two nights, baby, it's just overflow. I mean, you flowing over, you know, faith still growing, but you already got your workout. But when did the oil cease? When she had no more containers no more capacity so today's subject is just that expanding your capacity to receive expanding your capacity to receive now I'll start in the beginning by telling you that expanding your capacity to receive we're going to take the mystery off of it right away is directly correlated with how you see two people Expanding your capacity to receive is directly correlated, and that's relationship. Seesaw. As one goes down, the other goes up. Other goes down, the other goes up. Correlation, relationship. Well, expanding your capacity to receive is directly related to how you see two people. Let's simplify it. Yourself and God. Period. 
how you see yourself and how you see God. And let's solve you early in the message. I said this the other night. Some people caught it. Some people it went over your head. But in Moses' time, he was leading three million people. Two million nine hundred and ninety eight people did not go into the promised land. Hear that again now. Two million nine hundred ninety eight people did not go into the promised land. Did it have anything to do with how God saw them? In fact, Moses himself did not go into the promised land. This mighty man of God, part in the Red Sea, you know, turning staffs into snakes, all kinds of stuff. God threw him, of course. He didn't go into the promised land. So did it have anything to do with what God wanted to happen? The key is the book of Numbers. Amen. The key is this principle. The people, as we saw in the spies, saw themselves as grasshoppers. I said they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And all of you, we're not worthy people. All of you, God, you somebody else people. All of you who struggle with God's redemption. Amen. God's ability to save a person and then once he saves you, get you back on track and his promises, thank you, Brother Paul, are yes and amen. All the people who fall into that bucket of I'm not worthy, God's not going to, but what about my past? What about this? What about that? You will be in the number of the 2,998. <laughs> because how you see yourself is so necessary to the move of God. It's never about what God hasn't done. I'm telling you, it's somebody today that's missing out on their privileges and rights simply because how they see themselves. Now, you all know I'm good at qualifiers. How many of you know you can't live a life of sin and expect God to move? Let's not just, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. How many of you know you got to honor God with your life? Amen. You know, no good thing will I withhold from them that Walk up right before me, Psalm 84 and 11. Uh, if you be willing and obedient, Isaiah 1, 19, you'll eat off the good of the land. So, so, so don't get in the hyper grace to where you feel like you can continue in sin and things will just start working. God's going to bless you anyway. The devil's a liar. You're going to have more demons that's working against you in condemnation than a little bit. But back to the point, though. I'm talking to the born-again believer that's not walking in strife, not doing stuff outside of God's plan. Y'all, how you see yourself is tantamount to the move of God. I'm getting ready to say something so, so, so resounding. There are some things that can happen to you by end of business today. I'm talking about Sunday. Ain't talking about Monday. See, in our, in our little thinking, we think God got to work Monday through Friday Eight to five. Because after all, the people that's going to hire me, that's when they're going to be at the office. Y'all, God can send your next supervisor to work today. And they just want to clear their desk. They want to get ahead of the week. I think I'm going to go ahead and give Avery a call. I just want to go ahead and get this off so it can be on HR's desk in the morning. God's not limited. But how you see yourself is critical to those kind of events occurring. That you are not a grasshopper. 
You know, when people used to compliment me and I'll let you in on my little deficits uh, and I do it out of humility. But God said, stop saying that um, one day. And I stopped it. Uh, but folk would compliment me and I said, oh, I'm nobody. Uh, where do you get that from? You know, you, you, you mess with me. You know, I, I'll take you back to the days of kid and play and make you say I am somebody for the rest of this message. In fact, right now, everybody repeat after me. I am somebody in Jesus. Now, don't go back and watch those movies. A lot of them were raunchy. Amen. But you're somebody. Amen. You're somebody. And you got to know that. And, and, and that's why we come boldly before the throne. We, we don't come, you know, oh, Lord, I, I'm just, I'm just, I hate hearing people pray like that. Oh, it aggravates me. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I come so meek and lowly. I'm nothing. I'm just like dirt in the grass and worms are crawling through me. Oh, humble thou art me and I have nothing to offer this world, God. But I come before you because you are such an awesome. You missed it. You missed it. God didn't tell you to pray like that. He told you come boldly before the throne. You don't have a servant relationship with him. You are a son. My kids don't come to me that way. Their capacity to receive is quite broad, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Amen. They come to me in like manner as such. Hey, Dad, just got a transformer. Come on. I got off the plane the other night coming in. Hey, Dad, I'm believing God now for Megasaurus. And I can't blame them because if it worked last time. And more believers need to get like that in your relationship with your dad. How you relate to him means something. Amen. We're not the world. If anybody should be nervous, it's dumb. Amen. Anybody should be wondering when the next earthquake is coming. It ought to be dumb. No earthquakes coming to my house. I'm a son. And no evil shall come nigh my dwelling. I got a promise. Amen. Amen. So this is really what I want to do today. I want to get you to a place where you understand that if you continue to see yourself like a grasshopper, faith conferences will come and go. More preaching you get preached to every week will come and go. But at the end of the day, there'll be no breakthrough because internally there are still cracks in your container. Now, if you're writing, the container represents your heart. The container in our text represents the capacity of your heart slash expectation. Your heart slash expectation. I told you that it's contingent upon how you see yourself. And we spent a little time on that. But then most importantly, today is contingent upon how you see God. Amen. Yourself and God and your containers, they represent the capacity of your heart. The question today becomes, how do you expand your capacity to receive? I want to give you points for the rest of my message and take your scripture to scripture and really expand your expectation. Because if I can get your expectation up, understand that what God wants to deposit will be deposited. See, there's some things that are kind of out of reach with a 30 foot ceiling. That ceiling is probably about 30 feet. Uh, but if I give you the right scapleton and ladder, you can reach up and touch it. And that's what I want to do today. 
I, I want to lift you from here to here so that the things that have been going over your head, come on, the stuff that you're supposed to have by now, somebody say by now. The stuff that you've been supposed to have will begin to come into your possession. Real fast, go to Mark chapter 1, amen, and just keep your Bible on your lap now because we're going Old Testament, New Testament, and we're just going to enjoy the word today. Amen. Mark chapter 1, expanding your capacity to receive. How do you do it? Uh, this is so, so good, so, so revelatory. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Romans 10, how can they hear without a preaching? It says, faith cometh by hearing. And the point before I give you points is that you would understand that preaching expands your capacity. Like what's happening to you right now, unbeknownst to you, your faith man. Is that all right? It's expanding, y'all. If you're tuned in and you're eating and you're really scripture after scripture writing the points down that I don't even say are points. No, your 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 capacity, your containers, they're 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 growing. Amen. And so I'm like John the Baptist today over in Mark chapter one, verse number saying uh, 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 verse number seven. John the Baptist preach. He preached. Somebody say and he preached. And he preached, saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. Look at them get their expectation up. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, but God, will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. What's the point of sharing that scripture? The point is this. Preachers every Sunday act as the John the Baptist's for the increase in favor that God wants to get in your life. We preach it, then it comes. Now, it already came and it was already there, but because we are now preaching it, whatever subject we're dealing with, that's why if you were an increase night, you ought to be looking for increase because preaching on increase occurred. Well, guess what's next after preaching on increase? Increase. So John the Baptist prepares the way for Jesus. Guess who came? <laughs> Y'all, was he just crying in the wilderness for nothing? No, guess what? The person he prophesied that was coming he, y'all are getting it now. He showed up. You want to know what's getting ready to happen in your life? Listen to your preaching. Woo, Jesus. Listen to the stuff around you. Y'all, you ready for this? One of the ways you can weather a storm, guess when the storm came at the disciples? The same day that Jesus preached. The Bible says, and the same day. This is why you can't sleep in church. Because the message you sleep on, come on, the same day you're going to be tried on. Because just as much as you heard me preach this morning, Satan heard it too. And you better have something to show him when he tries you. So he preached. He, he, he says, I'm not baptizing you with water, but he's going to baptize you. He who? Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. He preceded their breakthrough. He preceded their miracle. The Holy Ghost he talked about. Well, Jesus came. He set us up for that Holy Ghost. Amen. And people got filled with the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. We don't have time for all this theology, but what happened? It came. Paul said in Acts chapter 19, he said, have you received since you believe? 
So that these people, they said, we, we hadn't since heard of the Holy Ghost. We just know about John's preaching. We know about the kingdom. Ah, we know about salvation. And most of the church has saving faith, but they don't have breakthrough faith. They've accepted Jesus as Lord, but I mean the devil is eating their lunch every day. <laughs> Somebody say he ain't eating mine. And if he's been eating yours, say not another day. Hallelujah. They're saved. They're born again. But I tell you what, the devil keeps them discouraged between services. Because their capacity to receive is cracked. The oil is leaking out. Hallelujah. And there are a myriad of things that will crack your capacity to receive. Here's a big one. Here's a huge one. Probably the most important one. You ready? Strife. Strife will crack your vessel. That's why married couples say they will have you in love on fire every day of the week. And the moment at 845 you launch out to drive to church, you have the biggest argument you had all week long. Strife cracks stuff. That's why church expanding our capacity to receive. We need to continue to perfect love. Because one of the things we need is atmosphere. Like, let me give you a hint. It's real hard to receive from a preacher you don't like. People don't know they hurting themselves. You ever thought about that? I mean, you getting ready to be jacked up for 12 months. And they flourish. They, they just, you need to get your heart right. Amen. It's, it's hard to preach to people you don't like. I don't preach to people I don't like. I love you. You kidding me? You're not going to be on my do not like category or slate. No way. I'm going to perfect love. And I got a selfish motive. Number one, here is the authenticity and the humility. Number one, I really do love you. Amen. But y'all, how about I'm not getting ready to let anybody throw off what God is doing for me. You're looking at a man that grace and mercy, I mean, you know, goodness rather and mercy, it really follows me. Like I, all the days of my life, I live that scripture. Goodness and mercy. You know, the Lord's good to me. He just, he smiles. I am testifying. Amen. He just smiles on me time, like the song, time after time. He just smiles. I mean, God is just good to me. Amen. So how are you going to keep your container from being cracked? Love expands your capacity to receive. It really does. You ought to write that down. I said love. This is why Mark chapter 11 says, and when you stand praying, forgive. And so many people want to skip over forgiveness and just pray. It doesn't work that way. You can't have a strife-ridden heart and move God. The Bible says where there's envy and strife, there is confusion. And how many evil works? Come on, Brother James. How many evil works? Every evil work. You throw the plan of God off for your life. God can't get, excuse me, anything done, anything through you, and it's not his fault. I'll give you a spiritual principle. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. When you put strife in place, you give him the ammunition necessary to go up before God and say they are not blessed worthy. Because scripture says that God is love. 
So how can he move in anything that is totally opposite of who he is? My God, I'm preaching if y'all don't say amen. How does he move in that? How does he get things done? You're incapacitated. There is a such thing. No more capacity because love is out of whack. This is why scripture says stuff like agree quickly with your brother. All those kinds of things. This is why, you know, you, you know, your preacher, I tell you what, I sure will come to you. Oh, yeah, sure will in love. But I'll ask you. You know, we lost the art of conversation. We're supposed to be able to go, you know, Dave, I, I need to understand it. It was said that you said that you don't like pinstrap suits. Can you? clarify that because I like pinstripe suits and I was just wondering why why would you all that vague stuff ain't nothing but the devil keep you in some confusion you don't got to be confused about what people said ask them why are you so confused go to your brother and sister and clear that stuff up and it's one of my favorite saying down through the years, when you can't clear it up, the next question you need to ask between the two of you is who being used by the devil? Because one of us is. If we can't come to agreement, somebody's being used by the devil. Well, he's not going to use me. Amen. Galatians says faith works by love. How does faith work, church? Amen. Now, this is, this is not wrong, and you, you don't have any uh, inordinate affection to your neighbor. I don't care who's sitting next to you. You got to love them. The Bible tells you to do it. Look at them, and it may be your wife, and that's great if it is. It should be your husband. That's wonderful. I sure hope you're sitting next to your husband or wife. Amen. Uh, but if you're sitting next to your brother or sister in the Lord, just look at them. Tell them, look, I love you, man. Look, love you. Love you. See how love just spread through the room? Love you. Amen. Parents, you got to do that with your kids, your capacity to receive. All right, don't do that no more, but I love you now. Sandwich technique, start with love. Now, look here, you know I love you. Now, don't do that again, but now I love you now. Come on, y'all. Because people want to jump into faith. Ooh, Pastor Google going to be here, Pastor Google. You better stop all that cussing and carrying on and cursing people and and Pastor Rondi coming, he going to preach. I know he going to preach my word. And you still out there hanging out with folk in strife. I don't care what they preach. If you're not, and I'm the pastor here, by the way. I say, I don't care what they preach. If you're not walking in love, you will not get any victory. People want to know why they can't get healed? Check your love walk. Why you can't ever break through? God got me hung up. You better check that what love walk because your container. I know we want to go to. Oh, Lord, expand it. Yes, Lord, I want to receive. Give me more containers. No, work with the one you have that cracked heart, all that strife, all that just saying stuff about people. You have no business saying. You don't even know those people. Talking about. Yeah, see, I knew they were going to find Trump in something. What's the story? Do you know the background to it? Oh, I got on y'all's nerve on that one. What's the storyline? Yeah, they said, they said. And people have no idea, and this is so good, man, and y'all know I don't care, them folk. See, this is what's so good about going and hearing Gabe Rogers preach, nobody paid me off. So, you know, you can't really censor me, because I, I don't preach for resources. 
It don't move me. They tried. I said they tried. Amen. <laughs> they're watching. They tried. It didn't work. Yeah, they met with me. So we love your preaching. Yeah. Millionaires. Love it. The society. Love it. The secret society. But we would love to promote you. We want to get you on a bigger stage. That's what they told me. This is a true story. But we just need you to take some of that preaching against homosexuality, if you would turn that down a little bit, I think you'd be our guy. And I said to him, I said, now what made you think I was trying to preach to you anyway? That's arrogant. What makes you think I'm after your money? My father's rich. I don't need your money. I don't need your resources. When I need $60,000 to get some lights, he'll give it to me. When I need a new campus, he'll pay for it. Your money perish with you. You can't pay me. You need your money. Stop tithing, we'll keep it. <laughs> now I'm laughing like them 75-year-old men. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> keep it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm believing God for some of them men to come to this church. I want them kind of brothers that wear a blazer and khaki pants every Sunday and they laugh at their own jokes that don't be funny. Come on, somebody. Man, I love Pastor Gabe. He's a great man, but he loves those pinstripes. <laughs> I'm believing God for some men just like that. And when they sit up here, y'all going to say, Pastor, call them in. They're going to be up here. They'll never wear, t you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. See, I laugh at the devil because he can't laugh at me. Somebody laugh at the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. All that strife. All that kind of stuff, locking you down, mad at everybody. That's why I love KCC. We're a church of love. Oh, yes. That's the precedent. No discord. Don't have time for it. Not interested in it. Amen. Stay in love. You know, praise team didn't sing the song you want to hear. Amen. Go YouTube it in the car and get your thrill off of it. But just stay in love, man. Don't worry about all that. Just Stay out of strife. Amen. Now let's get back into the stuff that's more important now that you solved the strife issue. Because you can't get into what Pastor Gould says tonight, Pastor Gabe tomorrow, or Pastor Rondi on Tuesday and tomorrow, and me on Tuesday and tomorrow, unless those cracks are sealed up. That container's got to be whole. Amen. Y'all got me doing all kinds of stuff in here today. So how do you expand your capacity to receive? Number one, you have to examine your container. Are there any cracks? Amen. You got to examine that. Amen. 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 And then part of that examination is also put this as a letter B. Is it big enough for what God wants to do? We're moving on now. I said, is it big enough for what God wants to do? Moving from strife, is my container expansive enough? Is it really like, you know, God want to move me? <coughs> On a campus, do I have campus faith or storefront faith? You got to look at that thing. Amen. Do I have six-figure faith 
or am I still five figures? Come on. Is it big enough, hallelujah, for what God wants to do? Amen. Number two, how do you expand your capacity to receive? It is critical that you amplify your view of God and his ability. Is that good, Dave? It's critical that you amplify your view of God and his ability. Come on, run over to Genesis 18, 14, and I, you'll hear more about this later this week. But uh, let's just get in faith. Amen. Somebody say, how do you see God? <clears throat> Genesis 18. How you see God is so critical. Man, you see God right, that tumor will fall off right now. You won't have to hear another word on it. I'm talking about gone. See God and his ability. I was so proud of a few of our single sisters. I you know, won't say their names uh, for the purpose of this, but uh, my wife showed me a posting they put on, uh, on, the, on the social media, which, by the way, yeah, use it to post some positive things, you know, and get in all those discussions. And by the way, that's strife, too. Going back and forth with people who don't matter. Don't worry yourself with all that kind of stuff. You use it to, to post some godly things. Testify of God. And they, they were all down there, and I think they put hashtag every kiss begins with K or something like that. And all of them were trying on engagement rings. Yeah. Well, you know what that, that, that says? That, that's how they see their dad. Amen. They, they believe. You know what? Let me give you the parallel to the story I just told you. It would hurt my heart for Lauren, Gabe, Christian. You know, they've been a good kid, been that, had that good day. And they go in the store and they pick up a pack of M&Ms and they look at me with those pearly eyes and they say, Dad, is it okay if I have some M&Ms? How many of y'all know, even if they ain't had their dinner yet? Because I love them. Come on. And they're my kids. I'm going to reward that. Well, I believe the Heavenly Father looked down on those girls. <clears throat> Look at them believing me. And, and, you know, and you know what they did? They put God's name on the line. <laughs> you learned that from your young preacher. In years of eight years pastor in this church, you've seen me do it. Get up there and say stuff like, we're going to get a campus, but we're going to get it for half. And even if that wasn't the plan, God probably said, okay, well, angels, y'all going down there and reduce that price. That boy, I tell you, I was going to give him the money for the whole thing, but he's standing on half. So just going down there and just reduce the price. He just always believed in me. That's why I love Gabe. And you better take that disposition towards God, too, that you're his favorite son. <laughs> That when God looks at you, he says, yes. Stephanie's here. She's preaching. Yes. Oh, glory to God. Yes. Yes, Candace is down there. Oh, Candace is going to represent me. Yes. That's my girl right there. Oh, my God. That's the way that you ought to see God because that's the way he sees you. Oh, he loves you. Hallelujah. And this is so critical. Look at uh, Genesis 18, 14. Are you being blessed? <clears throat> Hallelujah. The, 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 this is Sarah. She starts laughing. Verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I bear a child since I am old? And, and look, at, look at the response. Is there anything too hard for 
the Lord. Now, let's not read anything else in this text just yet. I want you to ask yourself that question intrinsically. Don't just do it because you're in church. Is there anything too hard in my life for God? As it pertains to me today, is there any obstacle situation thing that I'm believing for needing God to do that just is no match for God? God just he just cannot do this thing. You know, the old saints used to say high blood, low blood, no blood at all. It's just right for God. Is there anything too hard for God? Anything. I mean, you know, and if we be honest, y'all, truth be told, our capacity hits a lid at a certain point. This is going to be good. Most people can believe God to get rid of the common cold. Come on. Because in the back of your mind, it's just a common cold anyway. Let's go ahead and get in this thing, y'all. And here's your logic of thinking. If he don't heal the cold, usually within five days, your immune system won't kick in anyway. So come on, be honest. So, you know, you, you believe him for the common cold. But what you going to do with stage four? Oh, this is a good one. What you going to do with stage death? Is there anything? Then there may be very well those who believe that the dead can be raised. We've had it happen at this church. Hallelujah. Provable. Two nurses validated. No post dead. Gone. Right in the service. Amen. The boy got up. But watch this. Let's keep walking through this thing, y'all. This is going to bless you real good. Some people believe he can raise folk from the dead, but their lid stops at embalmment. Now, I know God can raise people up, but now that person, now he done been embalmed. I'm hitting your lid today. And I'm not telling you to go raise somebody up who's been embalmed, because the truth is, there's a point that the man wants to die. Sometimes people are supposed to be dead. It was their moment. Amen. Hallelujah. But there are times when they were not supposed to be. And if we believe the Bible cover to cover, at a certain point, we got to see Jairus's daughter, the boy in the funeral. Come on. We got to see them as practical examples of the power we should be walking in today. I know I'm pushing your lid. Is there anything too hard for God? A job, y'all, is God's baseline. That's the first level package. You ain't going anywhere yet. I said, is there anything too hard for God? Amen. I'm talking about being barren, no kid, it can't have a baby, on and on and on, because not only can you not have one, but uh, I'm not going to get too graphic because we got kids in here. You don't even have the internal organs necessary to have. Is there anything too hard for God? Because now we're pushing the envelope of medical science. Well, does our faith stop at medical science? Or is God bigger than medical science? <laughs> Hallelujah. Your faith is coming up now, I can tell. I said, is it anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. You know, I'm not in any ways planning to take the next 10 years or whatever our mortgage is to pay this building off. Are you crazy? No way. And I don't have to pray that the Lord send me 80 new members to do it either. I wish I had a witness. Somebody's going to receive this by faith. <clears throat> All I need is one of you. Woo, Jesus. To knock it out the park in your purpose. 
and start making 20 million a year. I wish I had a witness. And I'm looking forward to that meeting when you come and say, Pastor, I don't need no counseling tonight. I just came to ask, what's the note? What's, what's left? Hallelujah. Amen. And by the way, what's the next building you want to build? Woo, Jesus. Anything too hard for God. I preach this with no motive, but I am going to preach it. Y'all, the thousands of people that watch me every week, I don't know who's watching me. Just like folk can come make me an offer to stop preaching against homosexuality and they would get me some money. I'm talking about valid people. You don't think God got allies? I say, you don't think God got allies? <laughs> Man, I hope I'm not boring you this morning. Is there anything too hard for the Lord, church? The answer is, come on, if you're not bored, give God a great praise. Now, that's a good praise, but I'm talking about one of those, it's nothing too hard for God. I'm standing, waiting, believing, knowing, hallelujah, that he's moving right now on my behalf while I'm in church because it's nothing too hard for the Lord. Go to 2 Chronicles, please, chapter 16, verse number 9, because see, I told you God's got allies, and you need to start seeing it that way. God is not contingent upon a clock. He's not contingent upon your, your hourly salary. God's got allies. He's got people, you know, one of the great examples of that, this new show they have out, I hadn't watched it in a long time, but to undercover boss. <laughs> you know, you got some folk looking at you undercover that can change your life. And then they come back around later on and realize you realize who you was working with all this time. Well, God's got angels working around you. Hallelujah. And this is the only thing God needs for you to see the impossible in your life. Hallelujah. For the eyes of the Lord do what? Come on, read it together. To and throw throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Good God Almighty. He looks for people with loyal hearts. Now, these people missed it because they did foolishly in context, but you don't got to miss it. He looks for people with loyal hearts throughout the earth who's just, man, God, I just want to please you. I just want to honor you. <laughs> I just want to love you. I just want to embrace you. I don't have no other motive. I don't care about that stuff. Thank the Lord for promotion, increase, abundance, and overflow. How many people in here you serve the Lord if you never got another raise in your life? Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for raises, and they're coming, but your relationship with him is not contingent upon it. You're not for sale. You love God with all your heart. Amen. You want to get in touch with Jesus. Hallelujah. This is so critical to us expanding our containers because if we ever get to this disposition to where we know that God is seeing us, and y'all, I'm not just talking, this is preaching. God is seeing us and God has a plan for our life and he wants to do some things in, through, and for us, we'll take our faith up. Because understand, it don't take a lot of faith. This is where people miss it. Think you got to have mountain-sized faith. The Bible didn't say that. He said if you have faith the size of the grain of a mustard seed, you will move mountains. But we get in reverse and think we got to have mountain-sized faith 
and still can't move a grain. Because you're in self, you're not in faith. You're in emotions. You need to get over in faith. You come with me tomorrow night, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Where is your faith? You need to find it. It's somewhere. You get back in faith. Get out of emotions, get in faith. Doctor, come in and say something that's not favorable. Get out of what he just said and get back in faith. Thank God for what he said, but God is bigger than what he just said. Hallelujah. Get back in faith. You get the letter, we regret to inform you. Well, I don't regret it. Amen. Take that letter, put it in the nearest shredder, and get back in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Instead, type your own acceptance letter. Do something by faith. Oh, yeah. Y'all think this is a joke? This, this sweet young lady over here, you know how she got her car? People, people, you better grasp this stuff. I know you think this is childish. This young lady, year before or months before she got her new vehicle, I had no idea about it. She typed up an email to her pastor. Pastor, I want to let you know that I got my new car I've been believing God for. Somebody gave it to me. Did y'all miss that train? I think you missed that one. She did something in faith. That's what she typed. I got it at home. She said, Pastor, and then once somebody gave her her car, she sent me the letter that she had typed up a year and a half before somebody gave it to her. Now, we're going to get out, out of all of these Grammy Award claps in here. Amen. And we're going we gonna to kind of do that again. I said she sent the letter of what already happened in her life. Amen. That she wrote before it happened. Will you please get enthusiastic about what somebody did, God did for somebody else, and what he can do for you if you do something by faith? Amen. No, if you're going to expand your capacity, you're going to do some foolish things. I didn't say you would be foolish, but you're going to do some things that's outside of the box. God, no, God, mm -mm, no, God, I believe you. You know, I can be outside studying and praying, and, and I hear a it's getting ready to rain, and I believe I can speak to the rain. So I'll speak to the rain, and I'll tell you, no, not yet. You can come later, but right now I got to study. Okay, what happens next? A plop comes down. A drizzle hits my Bible, right? Another plop hits my picnic table. You want to know how to stand in faith? I told you I'm not going anywhere yet. You can rain in an hour or so, but I am studying so I can preach tomorrow. I command the weather to stop right now. And when I refuse to get up from my picnic table and sit there in faith, never fails within two minutes, the sun comes out. Biblical precedence, Joshua chapter 10. Sun stands still. And this is not too deep. This is Christianity. But we got so many surface babes in the Lord, never get beyond that. So, you know, your baby son is supposed to have his birthday party this Saturday. You don't rent it, all that stuff, and they will not give you the deposit back. And as soon as they come to drop it off, the clouds go dark and you start to calling people. Oh, I'm pushing your lid now. When are you going to stand out on that patio and say, no, not right now? Mm -mm. 
No, we got a church picnic today. You can come back, but that happened to us this year. Pastor, they say the forecast is, I don't care what they say the forecast is. We're going to move the picnic inside? How many of y'all know that's not fun? No, we're going to have that picnic. If anything, it's going to be too hot. I'll take that. So God will bless you to whatever degree your acceptance is. Oh, shucks. I tell you, I'm not going to stop preaching like this, y'all. I'm, I'm pushing your lid on purpose. I said you got to amplify your view of God. Go to Psalm 78, verse 40. Come on, we're not done. <clears throat> you better start writing some emails. I'm telling you, write some emails of what you believe God to do. I went back to the oncologist, and the cancer was no longer this. There, thanks be unto God. Amen. Amen. You got to get in that place where you start doing things. You're going to hear this this week. Should the Lord say the same? But I'm telling you, blind Bartimaeus, the woman with the issue of blood, all of them cried out even more. They weren't studying people. They weren't studying protocol. She was not supposed to be out. She was a defiled woman because she was bleeding. She wasn't supposed to be doing what she was doing. But she said, whatever, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I ain't studying y'all. Now, these doctors can't help me. I've been sick 12 years and I'm getting somewhere where somebody can do something for me. I'm getting healed today. Blind Bartimaeus, they try to shut him up. The Bible says he cried out even the more. And you can see why. You try being blind. <laughs> Amen. People don't know what you're trying to get out of. Amen. Amen. Look at this thing, man. Somebody say, don't limit God. Psalm 78 and 40, how often, he was talking about Israel, they provoked God, him, in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. What is it that God wants to do, but he can't because we're grieving him by not receiving? God has a desire. He wants to press it to you. He, he wants to see you. Somebody say, God wants to see me have it. Amen. But I, I, I can't get it to you if I'm God because I'm being grieved. Well, how am I grieving you, God? Look at verse number 41. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. And how did they grieve God? They limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. They limited him. This is so important. How are you responding in your wilderness? I said, how are you responding in your wilderness? What are you doing now? See, the whole I won't believe unless I can put my hand in the nail prints, that ain't faith. I'm talking about what are you doing when there ain't no phone call, there ain't, oh my God, there is no symptom or sign that's saying this or that is happening. What are you doing when the only thing that you are walking by is faith and not by sight? This was Israel in the wilderness. They tempted God. God told them, I'm taking you to the promised land. But in the wilderness, they got discouraged. Discouragement is a sign of not being in faith. Because if I'm in faith, I have no reason to be discouraged. Find a kid the night before Christmas that doesn't believe Christmas is coming the next day. Oh, no, they can't even sleep. <laughs> They're ready. It's called anticipation. 
I'm looking for. I'm anticipatory in my walk. Oh, my God, tomorrow I'm going to get that doll, baby. I've been waiting for that little girl says, oh, boy. And if anything, she gets three hours of sleep at best because her body just shut down. Come on. On the edge of her seat. Hallelujah. So what are you doing, though, when it's not Christmas Eve? Hallelujah. <laughs> when it's a normal day and you just got to believe what God said. Somebody say, can you trust them when you can't trace them? That's what a preacher said. Can you trust them when you can't trace them? When you don't know where he is, can you still trust God? God's going to do just what he said. What, 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 what are they going to do? God. What do they say about that uh, God? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they said. I'm, I'm going over here to Capitol Grill, get me a nice meal. That's God's business. What are you going to do? Act like I already got it. Believe God. Expand my capacity. Keep hearing the word of faith over and over again. Not miss one morsel of it. Stay on the edge of my seat. Hope that the pastor goes over time and gives me five more scriptures. Because I want my faith to grow. I want my faith to expand. I have nothing but time. I'm not going to limit God. And watch this now. Get this revelation. If, if my capacity ain't there yet, I tell you what I want to do. I want to keep working out until I can bench press what's necessary to get into my breakthrough. So do not shirk my word. Give me all the weight you can give me and let me keep pushing in. Hallelujah. Somebody say, how are you responding in the wilderness? Amen. This is so very good. Don't limit God. Expand your capacity to receive. Number three, this will be my final point for today. It's critical that you follow the instructions that God gives you. That expands your capacity to receive. It's critical that you follow the instructions that God gives you. Y'all, that is so powerful. And how are you going to follow the instructions? You got to get them. Can't follow instructions you don't have. Is that not good? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask it of God. So many people pray too fast. Your prayer sometimes needs to be a question. God, what next? Because you can't pray his will where you don't know his will. If you lack wisdom, James, let him ask it of God because he gives it freely and abraded not. Father, I'm not exactly sure you're best in this. Please download it to me and show me and I ain't doing nothing till you do. Hallelujah. And then when he gives it to you, you got to, I got to, this applies to Brother Gabe as well, I have to follow the instructions. Now let's look at God's instructions, and if, if you like writing stuff, this is critical to know that God is not confined to nature. He's not confined to any natural indication. Go over to 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 through 17. Please. First Kings. Hallelujah. Chapter 17. First Kings. God's not he's not he's not boxed in by nature. Not at all. Not at all. He, he is not inhibited by that stuff. This is so good. And when I tell you this is the the most um, not the most, but could be one of the most mispreached stories in Scripture. I'm getting ready to open your eyes to some things that happened that were truly against the laws of nature, yet God expanded Elijah's capacity to receive. Elijah received because he didn't see God through a certain window. So many people say there are checks in the mailbox. God can get you a check on the doorstep. He'll need your mailbox. 
They're going to call me tomorrow. They can fax you tomorrow. They can send a telegram to your house. They can do whatever they want. They can serve you with papers to get you your new job, make the sheriff knock on your door. Oh, God's got a great inheritance for me. You do know they can serve you with papers to get you an inheritance. All kinds of things. God's not limited. And you ready for this? No one has to die for you to get it either. Stop looking at all the old people in your family. Well, I know Auntie Annie loves me. She going to do something. I know she going to leave me something. God don't need them to die. Let those people live. You don't need them to get you money. Amen. Folk always looking for a settlement. Cut it out. Settle down. Further, get a job. Now, that's a revelation. Now, God can use your job. Hallelujah. All right. But let me stay up in faith. First Kings chapter 17. No natural resources, y'all. He wasn't limited. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives. Stop right there. Everybody say, God's alive. No, he hears me. That's good news. No, God's yet alive. As, as, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there will be no dew. Remember I told you you can speak to some weather. Amen. There'll be no dew or rain these years except at my word. Now, you can only do it as God wills it, but you can. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward. Everybody say instructions. Now, here's my question. What if he would have went westward? Was his provision westward or was it eastward? Biggest piece of expanding my capacity to receive is when God says to do something, Mary, whatever he says, do, do it. And he turns my water into wine. Amen. So turn here eastward. God might tell me, sow a special seed. Well, is the blessing coming without the special seed? Because if he told me to sow a special seed, that's because there's a special blessing attached to it. So don't eat my seed is my philosophy. I'm going to sow that seed. If you're me, I go above and beyond just in case. <laughs> so he says, turn, turn uh, eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Now, y'all catch this now. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. Everybody say provision. Now, that's easy because that's natural. You can drink from brooks. That's what brooks are for. Well, you should bring from the brook. God's going to use some natural resources. But here's where it gets fun. And I'll command it blood-eating birds to feed you there. What are they going to feed us with? <laughs> so many people overlook this. You ready? So he went and did according. Everybody say he followed the instructions. He went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook cherub, which flows into the Jordan. But this is where it gets good. The most overlooked, underpreached concept in this story is in verse number six. The ravens brought him bread. Stop. Stop. Where do ravens get bread from? I know where they get meat from because they're scavengers. That's the easy part. But I said, where do ravens get bread from? In my sanctified imagination, somebody was having a picnic, a cookout or something. 
And them ravens swooped down and got that bag of hamburger buns and said, we need this. God told us, go get some bread. We need this. Maybe Harris Teeter just had a truck drive up in the back, loaded with some nature's own bread loaves, and those ravens swooped down and said, no, we need this. We, God said to bring this prophet some bread. All I'm trying to say is God is not stuck on method. He's stuck on being God. I don't care where he got the bread from. When he said he was sending the bread, look up because your deliverance is now. I said, I know where he got the meat from. They eat dead deer and all kinds of stuff. That's easy. That's what ravens eat. Where do they get bread from? Anybody in here ever had God move? Woo, Jesus. The Bible says the manna came from heaven, and, and if you read that appropriately, they called it a whatness. A whatness. And you know what that word whatness means? We don't know what it is. You know, when God starts providing for you, oh, he's going to make ways out of no ways. He's going to make ways and ways you didn't know how he connected this to that. All you know is you woke up one day and what God says is yours came to pass. Hallelujah. Man, look at your neighbor and say, I don't know how it's coming, but it's coming. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to wait till it gets here. I'm going to shout right now. Hallelujah. He rains manna from heaven. <laughs> He's not stuck on natural resources. Somebody's going to catch up with this in a second. I said he's not stuck on natural resources. How did Peter and Jesus pay their taxes out of a fish's belly? Well, somewhere along the way, that big fish was down at the bottom of the ocean and somebody had dropped some money off the boat and he swallowed that money. And when God said go fishing, he obeyed the command of his father and he showed up with the money that they needed. God can get resources to you anywhere. Amen. I can walk out here today and the ostrich will be out there. You understand the ducks? How does a bird from Africa end up in West Charlotte? God do whatever he wants. Book of Psalms says he does what he pleases. You better read your Bible. God can have somebody that's been eyeballing you all service long. The Spirit of God's just been talking to them, talking to them, talking to them. Every time they try to get in the word, they can't. God said, that young lady over there, you see that young lady? After service, once you go up to her, she needs her college tuition. All right, don't ask her no questions. Just give her $3,500 after this service. Amen. Amen. I, that, now, that's what I want you to do. And as soon as they try to read uh, the text, 1 Kings 17 and 6, God says, hey, hey, do you hear me? There's a young lady outside this church. Now, when this service is over, I want you to go over there and write that check. Now, you hear what I just said? And, and, and they're going to have to do what God told them to do. Where did the ravens get the bread from? I don't know. You know, maybe Marita Bakery was alive back then. I don't know. But he got the bread. And see, this is another underpreached component of this text. It wasn't a raven. I said it wasn't a raven. You have a visualization that one bird just came and met Elijah every day. No, when God released that word, every raven in the nation looked up. 
and said, he's talking to, you talking to me, God? All the birds said, here we go. Woo, we got to go. Hallelujah. When he said, put out your net, every fish in the sea of Galilee got in that net that day. Hallelujah. Amen. Take your seat, man. See, you limiting God. Talking about a raven came. Oh, Jesus. Wasn't a raven. Every raven in northern southern America had a meeting that day. They said the father is talking. We got to do something about this. The father is saying to go meet this prophet. Now, we don't know who this prophet is, but we got to go do what dad said do. Because if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I got a strong assumption that he owns the ravens that fly. Pastor gave us too deep. Okay. All right. Everybody say follow instructions. Amen. <laughs> Go over to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to show you God's provision. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Expanding your capacity to receive. It's not one bird. God provides for you, baby. He's going to put it on you in such a way that you didn't calculate. They start asking you those questions about what kind of salary is acceptable. You better let them answer first. Amen. You go out there shooting $40,000 lower than where they wanted to bring you. Come on. Hallelujah. Come over to Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every fish. But the key is in the instructions. Now, some of you may have seen this. If you've been around Christian them long enough, you may have observed this. But um, it's still relevant for today because I want to show you two things. I want to show you how Peter's faith expanded over time. He went fishing twice in Scripture. And you need to see this over in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Because Jesus is talking to him. Everybody say, follow instructions. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and do what? Let down your nets for a... Now, some of you already caught it, and I thank you for that. This word nets is plural. It's plural. See, when you read the Bible, and this is why you be careful what translations of Scripture you grab. Real quick, the New International Version, I don't really read it anymore because when the Bible says Jesus was addressing his disciples and he said this type come out by fasting and praying. They wanted to know why they couldn't cast the demon out. The next verse says this type come out only by fasting and praying. Well, if you read the NIV, they leave that out. That is a critical piece to that story. So I'm not against Bible translations, but always measure it. Measure it by New King James and all the just still that keep it in the English language. Measure it. Make sure it's all still. I like New Living Translation because they, they stay consistent. But measure it. Well, you cannot take the S off of this story because if you do, you'll miss the revelation. He said, let down your nets. That means there were a lot of nets that should have been let down because every fish was supposed to be caught that day. But notice Peter's reaction. Somebody say, you got to stay in faith, not in emotions. Look at, but Simon answered and said to him, master, you don't understand. They talking to God, talking to Jesus. Man, we toiled all night and we haven't caught anything. Wrong disposition. 
No, you can go to nevertheless. I'm glad he did the action, but he still missed it. And I'm getting ready to show you how he missed it. We toiled all night was where his heart was. His faith was not where God needed it to be. His capacity was shirked in this story. We toiled all night. His only response should have been the next phrase in this text. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What did Mary do before she got pregnant? Be it unto me according to your word. I, I, I'm not limited to getting pregnant. Kids are in here by having an encounter with a man. Nope. If you said I'm a virgin, and I'm going to get pregnant. Praise the Lord. I receive it. She had no more discussion. She went on praising God for it. Elizabeth's husband had a whole bunch of discussion and God had to shut his mouth. How many of y'all know sometimes God shuts your mouth? He went mute for a season. Couldn't even talk. Started talking and talking, getting ready to talk himself out of something. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, in this story, we see the same response. Come on, stay with me now. We're going to get some dinner in a second. But at your word, I will let down the singular net. Did he have the capacity then, Vicky, to receive all that God wanted to do? Because he didn't let down what God told him to let down. God told him to let down the nets. Y'all gonna remember this, I can tell. But instead, he decided to let down the nets. Now let's see another mispreached text. Oh, this has been mispreached. Oh, my God. How many of y'all have heard people get excited about the nets are getting ready to break? <laughs> y'all, that's not what God wants to happen. Because whatever he provides for you, he's going to give you enough container to keep. Because if the net is breaking, that means you are losing something God wanted you to have. And I'm telling you, I've said it in times past. Because I think it's a wonderful metaphor about how it just it's going to rain, those nets are going to break. That ain't what God means for us. You're going to bring in the sheaves, all of them. So look at this thing, and let's just see how this story comes together. I feel like you're still with me, so I'll, I'm almost home. Verse 6, and when they had done this, what happened, church? They caught a great number of fish is important, and then their net was breaking. <laughs> Amen. Now, that's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting to have more business than you can take, but you're not supposed to have more business than you can take. You're supposed to, by that time, have scaled your business and had another site on the other side of town. You're supposed to have capacity. You're supposed to be Chick-fil-A. We got so oh, man, people in this line, oh, my God, and over here. But we don't worry. There's another Chick-fil-A two miles up right up there. You can go three X's up and you'll still see Chick-fil-A. Okay, we're going to drive off from this one, but we still going to eat Chick-fil-A because we got a taste for Chick-fil-A. And we know they have scaled the company to where we will see another Chick-fil-A within 10 miles of this exit. So they done this. They caught a great number of fish, but their net was breaking. I hope I'm blessing my little church. So they signaled their partners and the other boat to come help them. And they came and fill both the boats so that they begin to sink. <laughs> Shucks. Now, I know we like it. The blessing came upon you and overtake you. That's right. That's right. But it's not supposed to sink you. 
When Simon Peter saw it, this is the right response. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me because I missed it. I'm a sinful man. When you told me to let down the nets, that's what I should have let down. Because if I let down the nets the way you told me, everybody say instructions. All of this overflow would have been mine. I would have kept it. No breaking. Not still could bless other people, but no breaking of the nets. And the boat ain't sinking. The question I want to ask you, and you should write this down, is are you prepared for what God wants to do? Glory to God. That's revelation knowledge right there. I said, are you prepared for what God wants to do? Are you prepared for the blessing that God is sending? Oh, in my little church, I don't put excellence in when all of a sudden we get three, four thousand people that show up at the door. No, excellence is in place right now. Are you prepared for what God wants to do? Fix the pothole. Come on, somebody. Are you prepared for the excellence that God is sending your way? Excellent. The favor that God's bringing in your life. Do you have capacity for it? Man, you're getting ready to have a baby. There ought to be some crib somewhere. There ought to be a registry already filled out. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. There ought to be some things in place that just say, I believe God. You know, you know, you don't have a whole lot of money, but you're dressing up every day like you getting ready to have some, baby. Yes, sir. You look like new money. Y'all look like you got some money. Hallelujah. Are you prepared for what God wants to do? Depart from me, God, because I'm a sinful man. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But see, your faith is growing now. We in the gym, baby. Them biceps are thickening out. You better stay with me. You're going to be able to lift some stuff after this. (laughs) Amen, amen. Look at verse number nine. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. Paul's right there. When God does it, it shouldn't be a surprise. You should praise him, but you shouldn't be astonished. Because truthfully, you are already there in the spirit. It's not new. You know, you guys get pregnant. I'm just going, you know, I'm going to jump up and down with you because I'm excited for you. But it won't be like, oh, man, I just, whoo, I'm so glad God came through. He was coming through. You know? You get your new job and you tell me about it, I'm going to rejoice with you because I'm happy for you. And, you know, I'm going to say real wild, say what? (laughs) But in my inner man, I knew your job was coming. I knew it was coming. It didn't bother me one bit. I knew you were getting healed. First time we prayed. You were going to be healed. You'd be just fine. Hallelujah. We were not like astonished when some things started occurring that God said he was going to do. Because once God released it out of his mouth, Mel, he said, my word will not return to me, Brian Void. It doesn't. When I say something, it's happening. It's not a devil in hell that can stop it. Are y'all in here? This is what makes this church so special, OJ, and you all stay that way. Love the word. Get in it to it overflows, man. Just, just you know, I was in a service one night <clears throat> with a friend of mine, and, uh, and, and the preacher had just preached a long time. I mean, 
he went over Gabe Rogers long that night, brother. He, he was preaching, and I preached long sometimes, but this man was really preaching. And I was, you know, and um, he told the, the guys, you know, he said, tell your neighbor something. And the guy looked at me, and he said, brother, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm full. I, I can't confess another word today. That's a true story. He said, man, I am full. I can't take any more. This has been great. That's a true story. Get to a place where you like the overfull man. Oh, I got moved back from the table, loaded with the word. And your nets will start breaking. So let's look at it now because we're not done. Peter, faith is in a certain place in this place in his ministry. This is only five chapters in. So in this place, he's astonished at the catch. Are y'all seeing this? All right. They broke, brought all the fish in. They went on. They were going to catch men. You see that in verse number 10. And uh, they brought their boats to land. They forsook everything, and they followed Jesus. How many of y'all know that's a great thing? But later in his life, and this is really where I plan to stop, um, go over to John chapter 21. And this, this is my last one. Because, see, Peter, Peter and um, they were at a certain place. And we knew they were at a certain place because they didn't obey God 100% at the first time they went fishing. They took part of the instruction. But go to John 21, 3 through 6, then 11 through 13, and let's see his progress because that wasn't the only time he went fishing. Peter went back fishing. Look at this thing over in John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. (laughs) And they said to him, well, we'll go with you. So they went out immediately, got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Y'all, what did we just read? In the old text, they caught nothing. Did you know this would be a lifestyle of faith? Where you would come into other seasons where you feel like, I ain't catching nothing. Now we done caught all that fish way back then, God, where you at? Same thing happens again. They caught nothing. The just shall Live by faith. You're going to live by faith the rest of your life. I know we want to get to a place where we just arrive. I don't need that faith stuff anymore because I'm a multi-billionaire. And guess what? You become a multi-billionaire, God's going to give you a trillionaire problem. You're going to have to believe him for trillions. Say whatever you want. That's what he's going to do. Now, you don't have to be sick ever again. Don't misread that. You know, I expected this sickness to come because I got to live by faith. No, the devil is a liar. You don't ever have to be stripped by his stripes. You were healed. Amen. But you're going to come to seasons where you're just going to have to implement faith. Amen. Maybe your kid needs to be healed or something needs to happen, and the just shall live by faith. Well, Peter had walked with Jesus. Jesus already gone to the cross, all this kind of stuff. He decides he's going fishing. But that night, again, even after feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, all the other miracles, he still catches nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Boy, that's shouting music. I said, when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, do you have any food? Now, Jesus, I'll tell you, he had a sense of humor. He asked them to produce the very thing that they couldn't. Do you got any food? Y'all got something to eat? How many of y'all know Jesus wanted a fish dinner? (laughs) Yeah, he did. You read later on, he had that fish breakfast too. Same text, yeah. He had that. Y'all think I'm joking. Jesus liked fish. 
You got any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, ah, instructions. See, when you're not catching anything, go back and get instructions. The blessing is still in thee. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and that's where the fish are. You'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were able to draw it in. They were, excuse me, not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Look at verse number 11. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. (laughs) And altogether there were so many the net was not broken. My God, will you look at the revelation in this text and understand that even though there were still a ton of fish here and he only told him to let out this time one net, that net supernaturally held up because Peter followed the instructions. And the first time had he let down the nets, they would not have broken because he would have followed the instructions. Y'all not preaching anybody else's stuff. This is what I got getting up before God this week. This is what he gave me. He told me to help you expand your, your capacity. You better get in a posture to whatever he says do. What is God saying? That's what I'm doing. I don't have no other, you know, nets or net. Peter's faith had expanded. This time around, he didn't argue with God. He put his net out just like God told him. Hallelujah. For context, finish the story out. Verse number 12. Jesus said to him, come and eat breakfast. I told you all he wanted fish. Yet none of the disciples dared ask them, who are you? Now, y'all, don't you think they should have knew that was Jesus? I tell you, carnality, boy. Knowing that it was the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Jesus loved bread and fish. (laughs) He loved bread and fish. I'm done. Whatever he tells you to do, (laughs) amen, amen, do it. Hallelujah. And look at your capacity. Woo, Jesus. In fact, right now, let's do something. This is another one of them non-music uh, altar calls. As musicians, you guys can do this too. I don't even want to put a whole bunch of instrumental on this. We can ready to go home and, oh, my God, tonight. Woo, Jesus. But uh, stand to your feet right now and expand your capacity. Begin to worship God. Amen. Don't even worry about the clock, the NFL. I don't care who's playing today, whatever, to all that stuff. Amen. Lift your hands and with the fruit of your lips, begin to worship him. And I want you to say something specifically. Tell him, thank you. Lord, I love you. Do all those things that you do in worship. But just just start saying in faith, Lord, I'm open to receive. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, church. Talk to him. I'm open. I'm open. And I love you now. Come on, let's hear it throughout the room. I love you, Jesus. I glorify you. I'm expanding my capacity to receive by worshiping you. I don't see myself as a grasshopper. Hallelujah. And I don't just see you as a Santa Claus handing out gifts. I love you. Just like I'll receive from you, I want to give to you, God. I want to honor you. I want to honor you with my life, honor you with my substance, honor you with my heart. 
Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, I have joy. Oh, this is getting ready to be the best week of my life yet. I will have better than this week, but the best week yet. Hallelujah. My neck is outstretched for tonight. Thank you, Lord God. The John the Baptist ministry has come, Lord, and my heart is ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not mad at anybody. I love everybody. Hallelujah. I forgive everybody. Come on, expand your capacity. I forgive you. I'm not mad. Hallelujah. I love you. And God, I thank you for the large fish that we're going to catch. The large fish, the large fish, hallelujah, whatever those fish look like, the large fish. God, I say like Abraham, as he said in his day, that we will not in any way be able to say that this world made us rich. You are our source. You are our supply. We don't look to man as our resource. You are the source and the resource. Without you, we can do nothing. I didn't say without you, we are nothing because you told us not to say that. But without you, we can do nothing, nothing. We humble ourselves to that revelation. Come on, church. Come on. You don't need music. Come on. You got to learn how to press in now. Press in. Don't be in such a rush. We're getting ready to go, but press in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. By faith, by faith, by faith, my grandmother is healed. I don't know who that's for. By faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Grandma is healed. God, extend her life 15 years easy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We turn our face to the walls in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. You are our shepherd. We shall not want. You let us lie down beside still waters. You lead us beside green pastures. Thank you, Lord. We are a fruitful vine. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Breakthrough. Now begin to confess those things. Come on now. It's okay. It's not okay. It's advisable. I believe I received my new job now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for my son, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my son in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for favor. Thank you for favor. Hallelujah. In the things that I desire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody's at different levels. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for once and for all healing in Jesus' name. Once and for all, once and for all. Come on, this is your moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed in my emotions and I have favor, favor, favor on my job. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it in Jesus' name. 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 Right now, I release minister and angels, legions, thousands of angels on your behalf, going forth to bring forth your salvation. Oh, we're going in faith. We're going in faith. We have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't care about football games and dinner and all that stuff. It'll come. Whatever. Flesh, shut up. You be quiet. Hallelujah. We're up in the spirit right now. We believe we receive in faith in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Some of you who have a heavenly language, go forth. It's fine. Your prayers go bankrupt at a certain point. You don't need to pray with understanding all the time. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Shila la la ba shi kite la la bo soko. Aba ba ba shi 